Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 103, with Insung Kim. Welcome to episode 103 of Makers of Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, at TAdamMartin on Twitter. My guest for this episode is a Southern Californian turned Southerner who has spent time on the West Coast, in the Midwest, and now in the Dirty South. He's a seasoned creative professional and art school graduate that cut his teeth as a graphic designer in the environmental space working for firms like Hunt Design and the global design and architectural firm Populous. Since 2016, he's been the first ever creative leader at the Atlanta Braves and is currently their senior creative director, leading projects and managing a team. He's well-versed in the convergence of design, technology, and sport, and shaping the experience for fans. I also hear he blows bubblegum bubbles while clicking a mouse, much like his Braves counterpart, Ronald Acuna Jr., does while hitting home runs. I'm very happy to welcome to the podcast, Insung Kim. What's up, dude? Hey, how are you, Adam? I'm good, man. I'm good. I appreciate you taking time to come aboard. Um, I've got a quick kind of funny story. I was, I was searching through... Uh, filtering some old emails uh, for some work-related stuff, and an email popped up. <laughs> we were kind of chatting briefly before this about PR people, and, and I had a PR person which reminded me of a time that <laughs> you were at Populous, and and the company will get into Populous later. Uh, but anyhow, a PR person reached out, and I'd completely forgotten about it. And at the time, I was deleting all PR emails. I was, I was not even reading them. I was just, anytime I got a PR email, I would let them go because I had just gotten so many that were uh, people like peddling, uh, sports attorneys or, or people that just totally didn't make sense, right. For the show. So I want to make this my formal apology for not interviewing you when you were at Populous. <laughs> <laughs> no apology needed. I totally understand. And, um, I I think um, I remember our one of our PR people came to me and and said, hey, there's this really cool podcast about um, sports design, and uh, you know, do you, would you want to be on it? And I'm, I was like, I was like, yeah, that that'd be awesome. So, you know, when you work for a large company like that, it's they have a whole you know, whole le- layer and levels of approvals for that type of stuff. Oh so, yeah. 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 I'm sure. But man, anyway, honestly, it's, it's better off now because now that we've known each other and chatted and kind of worked <laughs> together here and there, it's, it's just going to be a better conversation than if we were strangers. So happy to have you well, on, man. Well, it's funny how things work out. Um, I just have to correct you. Uh, one correction on that intro. Uh, I am not, I found out last year that I was not the, uh, first ever creative director for the Braves. Um, uh, Todd Radom actually um, turned me on to um, uh, the first ever creative director who actually um, designed the the uh, 1974 um, Braves uniforms that Hank Aaron wore on um, on the uh, when he broke the, you know, Hank uh, Babe Ruth's uh, home run record. And um it was, and you know, when we brought him out here to the uh, to the ballpark last year, and I got to meet him f- for the first time, and that was really cool. Um, Dude, that's awesome, man. And you know, the thing is, if if Todd Radom 
<laughs> if Todd Radom corrects someone on baseball graphic design history, then he's he's the one that knows for sure. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah, question about definitely. that. Um, so anyway, man, I, I know you've you've listened to some episodes. You kind of know the drill, but we uh, I gave a brief intro um, of of you working for the Braves. But before we get into that, I'm I'm kind of interested in hearing about. Uh, your childhood I, I think we've we've chatted before and and I understand you came from a blue-collar family much like myself and then you ended up at art school so can you tell us a little bit about growing up and kind of that up upbringing which led you to take a creative path professionally yeah so um so our family emigrated to the uh the U.S. Um, when I was seven years old and um you know my parents my parents had just come to the country and we didn't have that many connections. Um, and we didn't have that, that many, um, that much family out here. So, you know, my, my mom and dad were just working, um, um, blue collar jobs, whatever they can get to, um, to support the family. And, uh, you know, we, we really, uh, um, our family did what we could to get by. And, um, and the whole time I really, um, I really loved doing art and I always loved drawing and, um, um, and just throughout the year, my parents were always really supportive of, um, what I wanted to do, um, and my passion for art. So, so, um, you know, even though we didn't have a lot of money, my parents would still, um, um, uh, pay for art classes or they're just different, um, um, things that I wanted to pursue. And do you remember um, back in the day they would have those um, those small ads in the back of uh, magazines that said like you know learn how to become an artist. Or, oh yeah. Or um, <laughs> and yeah. so and, learn, and then you see I the asked, TV commercials too, right? It's like learn how to draw, and we'll send you an art kit or something. Oh, that's exactly the one that we uh, <laughs> that I sent out for. So, <laughs> so I showed that ad to my mom, and she was like, okay, well, you know, I'll give you twenty bucks, and um, we um, actually sent out. Um, the, you know, the check for that thing. And then the following week I got that, uh, you know, it told you how to draw a, you know, some like, you know, a dog and, and a, and a person's face and all that. And I remember drawing that. And then, then the cool thing was you would, you would, after you drew it, then you would put it back in the envelope and then you would mail it back. And then a week later it would come back with, with critiques from a, a, a professional quote unquote professional artist. So there would be little notes on your drawing and, and then it would kind of give you tips like, Oh, maybe try your shading over here and, and you know, this and that. And, and so that was kind of my first, um, um, step into the art world. And it was, uh, it was, it was pretty interesting. It was, um, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, dude. Well, you know, it's funny. Someone else, I can't remember off the top of my head, but someone else that's been on the podcast, uh, did that as well. <laughs> I'll have to do some digging to find out what that was because I, I even want to look and see what the company was. Cause that was like vital to so many <laughs> creative careers, oh I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember seeing that, um, the drawing of, there was like a drawing of a, of a bear, right? It was like, it kind of looked like the Bernstein's bears a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that was the, that was the ad that got me hooked into art. And, um, yeah. And I, then, there's uh, like a meme, up, I think going around somewhere where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like draw it's, it's it's like draw some circles draw the rest of the bear <laughs> like oh yeah there's yeah. like no in between right <laughs> <laughs> well you know what's funny now like uh, you know uh, i have kids now and and my do my six-year-old daughter um is uh interested in art so i'm always just trying to 
trying to teach her how to draw. So I'll, she and I will grab a, pa a pad of paper and I'll just start drawing like a circle and then, and then draw another circle and like, okay, well, you know, this could be the head of a horse and, or, you know, uh, the body of the horse. And she just looks at me like, what are you doing? Yeah. I just want to draw like my little pony or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I totally get it, man. My, I can't get my kids to, um, uh, when they draw with me, they'll, they'll want to sort of copy every move that I make. And I'm not, I'm not very good at drawing. I mean, at one time that I was, but I just, you don't do it for such a long time. You kind of lose, lose track of, of the yeah. skill set. And, and they'll just, my son will just scribble over everything and, and rip it out and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, and I've got him a sketchbook and I'm, and I try, I'm trying to teach him that, no, you need to keep that man, because you're not going to be able to see how far you've come. You know, if you, if you, if you just throw everything away, and I think that's important <laughs> to grow as a creative, honestly, man, if you, uh, yeah, if, if you saved all the, all the scrap pieces of paper that we, that we, uh, sketched on, man, we would not have any room in our houses. Oh yeah. It would just look like hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is true. I do have a folder, um, in my office and it's like a hanging folder in a, in a, uh, a cabinet and I'll put them in there. I'll put like some of the better ones in there and some of the ones that yeah. I can totally, I yeah. can totally tell they mailed it in on. I'll, I'll <laughs> typically, uh, trash those and like within 24 hours. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough being a, being a child of a, of a designer or a creative person for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, um, you ended up, uh, at the Otis College of Art and Design. Talk about that. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you had to yeah. put together a portfolio and, and send that in. And then I understand that initially you, your, some of your passions growing up were baseball and architecture. And I mean, you kind of achieved both of these in a roundabout way sort of over the entire path of your career. So I'm curious why you chose communication design to study as opposed to maybe architecture. Well, um, I, I had, uh, I'd gone, I, you know, when I was applying to different colleges, I applied to UCLA and, um, uh, Cal State Long Beach and, uh, Otis College of, College of Art and Design. And, and I wanted to stay, um, in Southern California. Um, I, I don't know why. I think I was just too chicken to move out. Um, and, um, I, I to be fair, there on, are some really good reasons yeah. to stay in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. Um, but I ended up getting a um, almost a full ride scholarship to uh, Otis College of Art and Design, so it was kind of a no brainer for me. And um, they had a really good art program, and um, and the classes are really small. You know, you would have about twelve other students in your class, and so um, so I attended that school, and one of the cool things they do over there is they have, um, the freshman year, they call it foundation year and every single, um, student has the same classes. So it doesn't matter if your major is fashion or photography or, um, graphic design, you all, you all take the same classes. So you're in these classes with, um, um, other, other, other people who are, you know, into photography or fashion and, and you're doing like life drawing classes or, or color theory classes. And it's just kind of cool to see, um, all the different, all the different, um, parts of art and design with different people. And, um, so we were out, you know, I was doing that. And then, um, I, I, I'd gone there with the intent of being a, like a fine artist or a painter. Um, but, 
the more I studied fine arts, I was I was kind of thinking like, you know, a lot of this is kind of just BS. It's just, you know, it's just art world is such a um, it's it's so weird now. Um, I just I, I just don't think that um, there's any originality. And uh, I felt like a lot and it just wasn't as exciting to me as as uh, as I thought it was going to be. And then mm-hmm. but, but um, when I did take graphic design classes, my, I thought that was really cool. And to be able to um, to do something that really um, that people see and interact with that really um, that really got me excited. And then, you know, and then the other thing I saw is um, I had friends who were in fine arts and and they were actually doing graphic design on the side to make money. So. Um, you know, I was always thinking about, all right, we, wh- I wanted to make sure that whatever I chose, um, that it was going to be a, a career and profession that I could support myself. So, um, that's kind of why I w- ended up, um, doing graphic design and, th- you know, the more I got into it, the more, um, I loved it. And it was just, you know, to really be able to, you know, play with type and photos and images and just, um, it was really cool. Yeah. It, and it seems like that the whole fine arts aspect, um, of people that are doing graphic design is, is so common. Um, I, I can't, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know that there are famous designers or sort of really, um, uh, talented creatives whose work I admire so much. And then you look into their background and they were like a sculpture major or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, and you know, it just seems like there's more like crossover now, right. Where you see, where you look at illustrators and you're like, man, that's not to me. That's fine art, right? Or oh, yeah. you see something that you see something that a uh, um, that a really good designer created, um, and and you just think that, oh wow, that that should be hanging in a museum, right? So oh, even with even with like video, right? And you, you think about stop motion uh, animation or, or or even some of this like cut paper kind of stuff that is totally. happening in a lot of magazines and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, and um, um, I mean, I, I think now it's it's uh, it's just to me there's no there's no like definition or it like who are who is anyone to say like oh yeah this is this is fine art and this is design or whatever right it's like whatever something whatever someone creates that's beautiful and amazing like hey man that's art yeah I agree I agree hundred percent I mean even if you think about television shows and stuff like that I mean some people are literally creating art right i mean yeah and and yeah. we and we, uh, that word itself is something even that um if you pay attention to uh, are you familiar with seth godin or any of those kind mm-hmm. of marketing personalities no okay so seth seth godin has he's like a, a a marketing guy that's written a ton of books and he sort of he talks about going out and making your art and he, and he uses the term art or the word art in a way that whatever it is that you create, even if it's writing a blog or, or, um, you know, if it's a service that you perform, I mean, I honestly, I think that there's even an art form to, uh, maybe some blue collar industries, right? I mean, if someone comes and they're just a really good craftsperson, there's yeah. a, that's, they're an artist, right? In a way. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, you see, yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> uh, Sometimes you just see someone who who just makes something, right? It's like a fabricator. You go to their shop and you see them. They're just, I mean, they're welding something or they're building something, and you're like, oh my gosh, that guy is so good, and he's, um, he's so good at what he does that that's 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 an art form, and nobody else can do what he does because he's been doing it forever, and he's just got a a, a talent for doing that. 
Exactly. And, and I think that, you know, this, um, probably more so than most of us having worked in that world. And I, I want to kind of get back to that. So after art school, you, you moved on and worked at an agency, David Riley and associates for a couple of years as a communication designer before later moving on to an environmental design firm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about first jobs because they're, they're oftentimes, um, it's a wake up call coming out of college, right? You would kind of have like these <laughs> idealistic views and then you come out yeah. of college and you're like, I'm going to make only cool. Everything's going to be amazing work. Everything's almost like a, he oh, yeah. a hero image. And then you come out of college, you get right. that first taste right. of reality. Right. So I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about that job? And are were you able to kind of glean anything from that, that you keep with you today as, as a, like a continuous learning experience? Well, the funny thing was um, I got that job at David Riley Associates because um, I went to a um, um, – do you have a Har Harvest Crusade over there in, um, in Louisville? Um, maybe. I'm going I'm to look that up. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, right so, okay, so, so down in Southern California is, is where, this, um, where this thing called the Harvest Crusade started. So it, it's like a, it's a, um, this uh, – this this pastor has this big event and it's at, um, it was, it's in Southern California, it's at angel stadium or uh -huh. Anaheim stadium. Um, and it's, there's like, you know, 30,000 people in the stadium and he's basically giving a sermon. Right. Right. And, um, I remember going to this and they were, they were giving out brochures as you walk in and I'm just looking at this brochure and I'm, and I've never seen a brochure this well-designed and beautiful before. Cause you know, you like, I would walk in the church and they always give you like this, this black and white copy. And it looked like, yeah, you know, it's it some was a secretary it was, typed up like on a typewriter. Yeah. So. It's, it's got clip. Art. It's like clip. <laughs> it's got, you know, it's got clip art on it. It's done on uh, Microsoft word, but this one was, you know, it was beautiful. It was like, it was really at, at the time, you know, emigre fonts were like all the rage. So it was, it had like, you know, that, it had emigrate typefaces on it and it was really, you know, well done. And I'm like, this is really cool. Like, I wonder who designed this. So I, I kept on looking around in that brochure and the very back on the had in like six point type, it said David Ryan Associates, uh, Costa Mesa, California. So um, I, I held on to that. And then um, I did a little did a little research and found out that it was a it was a design firm um, in in um, in, Co in Orange County. So. Um, I sent in my resume and, um, I got an interview and, um, they, they hired me. Um, and that was my first full-time job, um, out of college. So that's pretty intriguing to me alone that to, you sent in your resume and no work. Did oh, you send... uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I had, I'm, I'm sorry. I had, I had few pieces of work because I had, um, I had done like, um, some freelance projects here and there. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it wasn't like anything like great. It was all, it was like, you know, layout for, um, trade publications mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a resume with a, with a kind of a loose portfolio. Gotcha. Of work. Yep. And, um, and, and I, I was working there, worked there for a couple of years. Um, and, uh, it was a kind of a cool experience because, um, it was a small design firm, about 20 people. And, um, you know, when you work in a small, small company like that, you get to know everyone. So, um, you get to um, learn everyone's quirks and then you also find the people that are just really good and, and able to kind of become your mentor. So, um, it was a really good experience. I, I met this guy named Dennis who was, um, who was just a super talented designer and he and I sat 
um, next to each other. He was about 10 years older than me. So he was, he was, a, he was, a, just a great mentor to me because he would explain to me like, Hey, this is how you, um, you know, this is how you prep files for sending to the printer. Right. So, um, this was before email. So, um, so he would, we would have printouts of all the, uh, projects that we had done and then we would mark it up with notes with a with a red pen uh for the printer so you know there'd be notes like you know uh gloss varnish here or mm-hmm. you know, things like that that would that would we would uh, print up on the on the color printouts then we would we'd package the f- files onto a zip uh, onto a zip disk and then put it in a fedex envelope and send it over to the printer so that's how we did things back then for the kids <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, uh, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, that's the old, that's kind of the, uh, I actually know a guy in Lexington that still does that. He's, he's, a, uh, a, <laughs> if you look at his, he'll probably listen to this. He's a big baseball fan and he, he oh, wants yeah. to meet Ross too. He's from, he's from, he lived out there. So, uh, Ross, if you end up listening to this, I got a guy that wants to, <laughs> it's like all, all about trying to meet you one day. Um, so, so, so we could, if we ever do meet him, we could talk about the old school way. Of yeah. Yeah. Up. No, he's, he's actually, he's really talented. His name's Michael Braley. He goes and speaks a lot. He's a print designer, kind of the old school, traditional graphic designer. A lot of his stuff is this very beautiful, tightly kerned Helvetica work. Um, but, but, I, but to see him work and to see, um, to see that there's a, there's an appreciation that, um, yeah. I think is, it's nice to have, uh, to, to, yeah. to you having experienced it. And then me obviously being able to see him, see him do that. So that's cool. That's so cool. you eventually, you moved on to a place called hunt design. Um, while you were there, you won awards for your work. You were honored by the society of experiential graphic graphic design and themed entertainment association. And you eventually became a design director. Um, I I noticed you were there for 15 years. That's a pretty incredible time frame, um, (laughs) for, for, um, almost 15 years, uh, pretty incredible time frame for today's day and age. So I'm curious what your experience was like as you transitioned into that environmental design role. And, and did you even have environmental design in your portfolio before you went there? No, uh, I, well, okay, so while I was at David Ryland Associates, um, one of the clients that we got was Universal Studios, and um, we were um, tasked to create the new branding for the Universal Studios theme parks. So it was a oh, it was cool. a huge get. It was a huge get for us, and um, and so we worked weekends and long hours to um, to get this presentation together, and and um, it was a. It was, it was an awesome project to work on, and, and I think they still use that logo to this day. Um, it might have been altered a little bit, but but um, so so um, we worked on that, and part of that project was um, they wanted a, um, like new graphics and signage for some of their um, um, rides at, at the um, theme park in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So. So I was working with um, one of our uh, one of the creative directors over there, and um, we we designed the new signage for the, um, for the tram ride up there. And, um, it was so funny. I remember, um, going to the theme park when I was a little kid and then, um, going on the tram ride, I just remember everything looked really white and kind of boring. But so I applied the, the new graphics and the new, the new logos that we created and then, you know, made this really, um, fun and colorful gateway sign for the entrance to that ride. And then, um, also got to design the, the trams themselves. So, um, 
the trams were the same, but we added graphics and 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 some like pieces to the trams to make them more themed. And um, it was that was one of the coolest projects I worked on because um, you know you go from taking your design, taking something that's in your head, and then um, putting it into the the Mac, and then you look at printouts, and then once everything gets approved, you send it to a fabricator, and then somebody takes your design and makes it an actual three-dimensional object. Yeah. And so it's something that you can something that you can like stand next to and touch and walk around, and you know this thing, this um, gateway sign was like 20 feet tall, so. It was really cool to see that. So when everything was done and installed, I was just kind of blown away. And then that's when I got the bug for um, environmental graphic design. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, so I um, at, at this point in my life, I was kind of wanting to move back up to uh, Pasadena where where I grew up. So um, I had heard um, I'd gone to an AIGA speaking event in in um, in, in L.A., and um, my former boss, Wayne Hunt, was speaking at, at that. And he was um, – and so I heard him speak and I'm like, well, this guy seems really cool. So I just um, I just mailed my resume and, um, and, and it just happened that they were looking for a designer because they're uh, – they had a designer who left and they were looking to fill that position. So um, I came in for an interview and everything went really well and they just um, – they, they hired me. So – um, I was, I worked there and I was there for 15 years. It was kind of crazy. So, um, that is crazy, while I, was <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, it's, you, I'm sure that you were able to learn like an incredible amount. I mean, that's a whole shift in, in, uh, that time frame at that age is, uh, there's a lot of shift in life that happens for a lot of people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was still single and young and, and just, uh, um, wanting to change the world with my design and um, had all these visions that, you know, that whatever I designed was just going to be the greatest thing that, that was ever made. Um, so, so young um, and idealistic, man, it, just, man, just like the it. Twitter community, right? Right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll get exactly. into that. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah. Um, so you know, I started working over there and we had some really cool clients. We had, um, um, Disney, it was one of, one of our clients. So we, we were doing the signage for their, um, their resorts and, uh, creating, um, science system or like a, a, a wayfinding system for that. So, um, we had the national park service as another client. So we were designing signs for, um, um a science system for national parks. And, um, it was a really good experience to be working there. And, um, and, and the other thing that I got to do was, um, was, were some exhibits. So some of our clients were, um, the museum of science and industry in Chicago. And so, um, we did some, um, temporary exhibits over there. And, um, um, so everything that we did was kind of three dimensional. And then, so it was, it was cool to be able to work with, um, different, um, like fabricators on, on designs and then also work with, um, 
you know, IT people because because they would be able to bring your ideas to life. So if you have an idea for some interactive, then you would be working with a, a tech person who would be able to recommend, you know, oh, maybe we should do, make it look like this and that. So it was it was really cool. And um, but, you know, if you when you work at a place for so long, it's like you just eventually continue to grow and grow. But um, it's it was a really small company. It was about 12 people. And you just and, you know, it just kind of hit the ceiling over there. Mm-hmm. And as much as I loved working there, um, I just um, I, I felt like I needed to grow. And just my personal life at the time, um, um, I, I had just gotten married and um, uh, my wife uh, or we had just had a kid. And, um, you know, it was and my wife was kind of like, OK, well, you know, you're not single anymore and um, we need to. Uh, we need we need to kind of provide for our family a little bit more. So that was kind of the uh, uh, the fire that I needed. So uh, you know after after that I I felt like it was time to move on and um, and uh, and you know but one of the, one of the things that um, I mean during the whole time that one of the things that that really um, was in the background was sports, right? So like I I had always loved sports. I loved I loved going to games. I loved baseball especially because that was that was like the first sport that that I played and that was the first sport that um, that I went to went to see live when I was a little kid and I just had this love and passion for baseball um, and um, when um, when I was thinking about making a move I was thinking about you know would be you know what would be really cool to mix my two passions um, baseball and and design and so um, I looked up um, what I looked at what um, um, companies designed um, signage and graphics for for baseball. So mm-hmm. um, I found that I found Populous, or it used to be called HOK Sport, but um, uh, that Populous was was um, was looking for and uh, a designer with my skill set. But the but the downside was they were located in Kansas City, and um, we had a one-year-old um, girl, and and my daughter, and um, um, you know I, I, I it was you know it was going to be a, a big move for us for our family. So so I I talked to my wife and said, hey, um, there's this opportunity in Kansas City. I I I know I can get the job if I or um, if I applied. Cause it was, it was like right in my wheelhouse. Right? Um, right. I had more than, I had more than enough experience for what they were looking for. Um, so, so my wife I said, assume she's from, I, she's California, right? So, oh, I mean, that's, yeah. you're, you're talking about picking up your family, moving to the middle of the country, the Midwest. Yep. yep. It's a whole yep. culture shift, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, both, uh, both my wife and I are from originally from Southern California and, uh, we are, are all of our families still, back there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so she, she thought about it and, you know, the next day she said, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want to hold you back and I don't want you to be resentful that you, that you, um, you know, if you miss this opportunity to do something that you love. So she said, I'll give you five years. So let's, why don't you, uh, apply for the job and see what happens. So I applied for the job, um, flew out for an interview. Everything went really well. They, they made me an offer and, um, and a month and a half later, we sold our house, we packed up all our stuff, and we moved to um, to Kansas City. 
and um, and we moved in one of the coldest winters that that they've that that they had over Ooh. there in a in a while. Yeah. And so we went from you know Southern California uh, winters where it's you know like seventy degrees to you know uh, snow you know snowstorms and blizzards and you know the Arctic fro- the Arctic uh, uh, Arctic freeze or whatever they called it um, mm. over there. So it was a uh, it was a it was a big change. But um, I mean. I'm so thankful to my wife for being so supportive for, um, you know, for my just crazy random, um, you know, decisions, but, um, it was, uh, it, it was a big move and, and we were out there for, for, um, two years and, um, um, and it was, uh, it was just, a, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's just kind of crazy how, how these things happen in your life. Cause, um, cause when I, when I moved out there, um, I, th- I really wanted to work, um, in baseball and on, on baseball stadiums. And, um, that first month that, um, I started working there, we had just got, been awarded the Atlanta Braves project. So, um, so, uh, um, yeah, I'm starting work and then the principal of the, uh, of the firm, Earl, his name is Earl Santee. He comes up and he goes, Hey, do you want to work on this project? And I said, sure, I'm, I would die to work on this project. So, um, so had you just, at this uh, time done anything to this scale in the past? Uh, uh-uh, no way. Uh-uh. So this is potentially uh, going to be the biggest project you've ever taken on. And can, and, yeah, and another yeah. thing too, real quick, before we, before we go down this path, can you, can you kind of explain to people what Populous is, what they do, uh, for those that aren't familiar with that kind of design work? Yeah. So Populous, um, is a, is an architectural firm. Um, and they have offices, um, all over the country and, um, all over the, all over the world. They have offices in London, um, in, in Australia, um, and in, um, in Asia as well. So, um, they, and they primarily focus on, um, um, stadiums and, and, and sports facilities. So, uh, their U S office does uh, um, a lot of baseball stadiums, um, football stadiums, training facilities, and so um, it's it, it was pretty cool to work there because you got to see kind of behind the scenes on how how these amazing places that you that you go to for um, to see your favorite teams get built. So um, and and Populous had designed like the last um, I don't know like last eleven of the twelve uh, ballparks that were built uh, in, in major leagues. So, um, for me, it was a really, um, cool opportunity to work there because, um, being a huge baseball fan, I got to see, you know, I got to see these drawings of, um, you know, uh, of, uh, of these ballparks that I, that I have always, uh, loved and and gone to. So it was pretty neat to see that. Um, as a, as a graphic designer at Populous, what, what type of, what types of things specifically, would you be doing um right because we have i'm assuming obviously you have the architects you have fabricators so what type of projects would a graphic designer be doing at a at a place like that so every building needs uh um signage for people to find their way around and um one of the main things that um a, a designer's job is to um design the wayfinding signs so you know these are the the large entrance signs that you see as you walk in and then there's a handful of um, directional signs that tell you um, how to get to your seats. 
Then there's all the um, ADA signs that tell you um, that, that identify each room. Um, and then, and then as a, as a, as an extension of that, um, there's the branding that you see when you walk into a stadium. So if you walk into a club space, it might have a, a sponsor that, that is, uh, attached to it. Right. So for example, over here at, um, at our ballpark, we have the Delta club, which is sponsored by Delta airlines. So, um, um, inside there, there's a certain theming and branding that needs to happen. So it's the graphic designer's job to, to make sure that, um, to design it and make sure that it, it looks good and it's on brand and, um, um, it creates a kind of a cool experience for the fans, right? So, cause you don't want fans to walk into a, into a ballpark or a, a space in the ballpark and just feel like they're in a, a corporate lounge. You want them right. to have some sort of branding that's related to the team and related to the, um, the sport that they're, um, that they're coming to see. So that's, uh, um, that's, that's one of the things that, um, that graphic designers do. Um, well, it I mean, seems like today that, I, that um, you know, from, uh, uh, you know, like the millennial perspective too, it seems like that there's this, um, the, it's so much bigger than the sport, right? There's this whole entertainment aspect. I mean, I look at, obviously I just got back from MLC connect, which we'll get into a little bit, but uh, you know, exploring the battery and seeing the stadium. I mean, you got, you know, um, in Atlanta, which, you know, you guys have like a waffle house and <laughs> like a waffle house in the stadium. Um, and, and I've, you know, at the Cincinnati red stadium, uh, you know, I'll go to some games up there just being in that market. And, and it's crazy to see these stadiums now that really provide this experience to people. That's more than just sitting down, having a hot dog and watching a game. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. Um, um, I mean, the designer's job, in my in my opinion, is to create an experience that that um, is memorable and is is more than what what a, a fan would experience at home, um, because because that's our competition. To be honest, you know, it's like you know, TVs have gotten so big and so so good that um, that you're competing against the comfort of someone just sitting on their couch in the in in an air conditioned space and they don't have to pay twenty bucks for parking. Um, and they could just flip on their TV and they could get amazing views to a football or a baseball game or a basketball game. Right. So, um, what you, what we're, what our job is to do is to create a unique and, and, um, memorable experience that, that, that goes beyond what, um, what a fan would, would experience at home. So, um, I mean, I, I, it, it's hard, man. It's, it's, it's really hard because, um, you're you're always trying to come up with something new, something unique that um, that just hasn't been done before. Right. So so kind of circling back around, I understand that while you were at Populous, you got the opportunity to work on the Atlanta Braves new stadium, and it seems that uh, based on previous conversations you and I have had, you became a a pretty trusted opinion with some of the executives there, and eventually this brought about another opportunity for you to uh, circle back and work in something more directly that you were passionate about uh, with professional baseball. Can you elaborate on kind of the origins of all that and how you made that transition to the Braves in-house? Yeah. So, um, I was, you know, I was flying out to Atlanta like every other week to present, um, all the graphics and signage that I was working on. And then, um, um, I was also tasked to create kind of the history, the, 
the history of the Braves experience over here. So uh, because I had a um, exhibit experience and exhibit or um, experience in in kind of working with museums, um, they had asked me to um, to to help them with their kind of history exhibits here at the new ballpark. So um, I was so you know it, it was kind of cool because I would be working on this stuff and. And um, I would be presenting to um, our CEO Derek Schiller and uh, presenting to um, to Terry McGurk and and John Scherholtz, um, you know the, ex- the executive team and Mike Plant and and they would always have strong opinions about things, but I would be able to kind of uh, um, stand up for my design and explain to them that well this is this is why I think that we should do this and that and and eventually they started trusting me more and more with. Um, with uh, all things related to design, so um, um, it was uh, it was it was really cool to see someone um, uh, work with people at, at that high level and um, have them go from skeptic to um, to someone that trusts you with um, with decisions. So so um, so eventually they they um, whatever uh, for the most part like when when I um, had a design um, they would pretty much say, all right, well, you know, I, I guess you like it. So, you, you know, we're, we're going with it. So, so it was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty cool to be able to be in that position. And then, um, we just, uh, continue to work together and, um, and you know, um, the Braves didn't have a, an in-house creative team at the time. Um, they were outsourcing everything to an outside agency and, um, um, it just, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and um, we had just hired um, uh, the Braves had just hired a, a new um, uh, VP of marketing, Adam Zimmerman, and um, he was he was making a case to um, our CEO that we needed to have an in-house uh, uh, creative team because um, you know because Adam really wanted to have things done quicker. He wanted things to be look better, and um, and so Derek um, thought about thought about, um, bringing me on. And, um, I remember one day we were driving back from a meeting, um, and, uh, Derek just said, Hey, what do you think about moving to Atlanta? And then, um, you know, in my mind I was thinking, Oh my gosh, if, if, you know, if he's offering me the job, um, as creative director, I would, it would, I would, you know, I'd be jumping up and, you know, going nuts. But, um, my response was, well, let me ask my wife, uh, and I'll, I'll let you know. So, um, so, uh, I asked my wife and, you know, it was the same thing. She said, uh, <laughs> all right, well, I'll give you five years yeah. and, uh, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and I said, okay. So, is um, the five years as is the, is the ultimatum at the end of the five years, if it's not good, you guys go back to Cali. That's exactly. So it. you have, cause that's you didn't exactly reach it. five years in Kansas city, right? <laughs> No, so no, it resets no, no. in Atlanta. Yeah, it resets in Atlanta, and and <laughs> and so um, so yeah, so 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 I told Derek, all right, well, my wife said we're good, so um, we're um, we're moving to Atlanta, and um, yeah, he offered me the job as creative director for the Braves, and um, and here's the crazy thing: so when we were moving out here, my wife was uh, pregnant with our second child, and so um, you know. We went from moving from California to to Kansas City with a one-year-old kid, and then now we've got a you know so now we've got a little toddler and a pregnant wife. So 
that was also a that was also an interesting move but um, yeah it's great yeah, timing and, on everything exactly but yeah <laughs> and just, not only that you're going further away from family <laughs> exactly yeah i know and i sometimes i joke with my wife uh, you know my next job is going to be in europe somewhere oh, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. it only I'm makes sense continue, it makes sense it's going to continue just going to continue to go eastward. But, um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, we came out here and, um, you know, there was no, um, there was no creative team. So it was, I was just here by myself. Um, and we had about 11 different departments that needed help. Um, there was no brand guideline for the Braves. Um, all the stationery was printed on, um, using lithography do you know that you know those business cards that have that little sheen to it and it's it's got that um um it's it's a little bit like uh the the ink has a little bit of thickness yeah and, um, yeah yeah, yeah I know and, it kind of feels like it's almost trying to like mimic uh like like a letterpress or like a letterpress type feel sort of thing yeah yeah, it's just like really old printing tech technology. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, litho- lithography is not the right term, but it's it's something else. But um, and then the person who was um, in charge of ordering all the stationery was someone in accounting. Um, so all, I mean, all that's all that all that said, it was just it was kind of a disaster over here, and there was there was no ownership of the brand. There were like all sorts of logos. Thermography, all over the- right? Thermo- that that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Because I think that's our we got our wedding invitations printed with that that kind of vibe. So. <laughs> it was going to uh, kill me if I didn't Google that. I would have like totally just thought about right? it the rest of the conversation. Well, and then I'm sure you would have gotten tweets or emails from people like, ah, oh, he's like, you're such an idiot. Yeah. It's, it's called photography. <laughs> yeah. Or I would have gotten it too. But um, anyways, um, it was uh, yeah, it was just kind of a it was just kind of all over the place, and um, and so I. Um, I came in and um, had to kind of clean clean all that up, and it was uh, it was a lot of work, man. Um, I, I'm going to be totally honest. It was did a lot they just kind of dump everything? I mean, because obviously they're working with an agency, right? So there's a there's a lot of work. So that it's like, hey, here's the new creative guy. Boom, dump everything in your lap. Uh, sort of, sort huh. of. Um, the the uh, um, there was a bit of a transition where. Uh, when I came on board, the agency was still involved, so they were helping out with um, some of the work. So they were, you know, they were th- doing things like some of the flyers for th- some of the ticket packs and things like that. But, um, but and did you but, work with them? And, uh, I worked with them a little. I mean, bit. I assume that they probably were like, "We don't like this this guy. <laughs> He's going to take all of yeah. our work in house." <laughs> yeah, there were some. <laughs> there were some awkward meetings um, for sure, but um, but no, it's like everyone was. Everyone was uh, was uh, was pretty good about it. It's just um, you know, it's like, and, you know, the whole idea is that you bring someone, on, you bring creative in house, and the main reason why you should do that, and and um, a lot of companies are starting to see this, is that um, um, who 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 else would know your brand better than the person that lives it every day? Right. Uh, so you need someone who is kind of the keeper of the brand and who is, um, um, who just guards it and makes sure that everything that comes out of the, the company or the organization is on brand. Yeah. So it's kind of funny when you mentioned keeper of the brand, <laughs> I sort of resort to thinking about Ross and his story of almost, <laughs> almost quitting the Dodgers because they were going to change the color of the, <laughs> of the baseball or of the top yeah. of the cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 
Yeah, for sure, man. Because um, I mean, nobody's is nobody is as passionate about um, the team and branding as Ross is, and he's he's a great example. It's like, <clears throat> and and sometimes I have to remind myself, like, hey, I have to be just as vigilant as that dude because um, because there's you know there's people who who just want to take the the brand of a of a team and just do whatever with it, and so right. you just have to make sure that. That um, you know, if you see stuff, you have to make sure that hey, it's my this is my job, and especially when you work for a company or a or a team that's a legacy team, like like the Braves or yeah, the Dodgers no or the Yankees or the Red Sox or whatever, a team that's been around for for this long, um, you've got so many fans who who just love the love the team and um just generations of fans who associate themselves with the team and um and not um, just in so, in the state of Georgia right i mean the Braves are basically like the well, south's team yeah well i mean america's team right cuz you you think oh, about yeah, yeah. the tb the tbs period right so when the when Braves games were on all over the country and um you know you got fans from you know from from the Midwest to, um, to, to the, to the California or to the West coast to East coast, they, they were all watching Braves games because that was the only thing that was on at the time. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, um, we have, so, um, so, you know, it's like, this is kind of a pretty heavy responsibility that, that, um, that, that we have that we forget about. Yeah, no doubt, man. And it sounds like that you basically, created your own position in a sense as far as your role with with the team uh yeah to a certain extent but um i mean it was all it was i mean it was i was brought on with the with the idea that okay this guy's gonna help kind of clean up our brand and make sure that um everything that comes out is uh is is on point um and the, you know the other crazy thing that was happening at this time was um i was hired in 2016 so we were still at turner field in the final season over there so we were closing down turner field and we were also opening up our new ballpark so so um, imagine working for a company where um you're still working to sell tickets to your old stadium and at the same time, you're trying to sell um, tickets to the new stadium that for next year. So it was and just, you also uh, worked uh, on the new stadium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like so. This, so you were deeply ingrained yes. into the entire thing. Oh my gosh! And 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 um, you know, opening days and is in you know beginning of April. Um, so I'm getting. I'm getting, you know, um, proofs or, or samples that I need to approve because the, there's a fabricator that's waiting to install, um, you know, signage all over the ballpark. And so it's just like it was just it was it was madness. I don't know how I survived the, that, that period. It was nuts. Well, it, eventually you ended up bringing on some, <clears throat> excuse me, some employees to help. Right. I mean, shout out to Ashley yeah. Alfin, who we've I've. I think she kind of in a roundabout way was sort of how we met. I mean, we, I know we followed each other on Twitter, but I've, I've done some work for Ashley in the past. Um, so c talk about uh, how your sort of staff works. I mean, I know you have some people in there that are helping out. And I, and I know that one thing I found interesting at MLC, I, I met a, a gentleman that works for you guys. His name is kind of slip, slip me right now, but you sort of have like this tryout process for interns or something like that. Oh yeah. 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 I thought that so, was interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Um, shout out to Ashley. She is she is one of uh, uh, one of like 
she's just she's just awesome, man. Yeah, she she's like one of the nicest of people in the world. Time. She's the nicest person. She's one of the hardest working designers um, that I've ever worked with. Um, and and um, so she was one of my fir- she was my first hire um, and she came um, <clears throat> through a recommendation from our um, our former VP of HR who who met her at winter meetings. And Ashley was working at um, at minor league baseball and um, she wanted to work for the Braves just because um, she grew up a huge Braves fan and. And um, it was it was sort of a dream job to work here. So I brought her on and it was such a huge help because now I had someone who I can depend on that I could say, OK, I, we have to do this, um, you know, do this, do this set of ads and I can kind of, you know, get her started and she'll just she'll just roll with it and get it done. So I uh, brought her on and then um, we brought on um, um, Eric um, on our team and he um, kind of runs all the print. Um, projects. So anything that has to do with um, um, that's printed within our our organization, he handles. So he does the playbills that that we give out each game. Um, He does the Braves magazine that we print twice a year and um, all the different random print projects that come up from, you know, anything from flyers to um, uh, to to mailing envelopes and things like that. He he handles. So I got him and then um, we have Daniel, who's our – we call them trainees, but it's uh, similar to an internship. And so um, the trainee program is kind of cool because um, it's a it's, it's a, um, it's a paid internship program, and it lasts a whole year – for a whole year. And it's it, – you're right. It is sort of a, like a tryout, and we have a lot of full-time employees who started off as trainees, and now they're full-time employees. So – you know, we got you get a lot of talented people um, that you work with as trainees, and and there's ones that you know for sure, like oh yeah, this guy's really good, or this person is very talented and very um, passionate about about what they do, and and they'll make a great employee. So a lot of um, a lot of them, or I, you know, some of them end up being um, hired on full time once their traineeship is over. Got it. So one thing that. Just from getting to know you and obviously working with you, one thing I admire about you is you kind of have this natural proclivity for creative leadership. And I've I've been able to kind of see it on conference calls or emails with marketing and sales. And you, you're you're always putting mission first and are and are unafraid. Uh, it seems you're unafraid to pick battles and know when things uh, when to let things slide and when to focus on the more important things. Um, would you say that this? Uh, because I know that you were a design director in the past at some of your other jobs and more senior level positions. Is this, is this something that you've always had this uh, proclivity for leadership uh, from a creative perspective, or is that something that you've had to kind of develop over the years? I, I, I don't think I had a, um, had a, a natural proclivity to do that. Um, it's something that I'd ha- I've had to learn as a creative director um, because uh, now now instead of um, just doing everything yourself, um, you're you're having you're ha- you're having to depend on others, and um, um, if they don't have any leadership, they're just they're just they're just you know, I don't know. I think people are looking for leadership. Is so. Um, how how do you think? Ha- how do you think somebody can develop those type of qualities um, when maybe they don't necessarily have? people underneath them like um 
you know, cause there's a lot of people that are maybe solo designers in house and, and they might bring in an intern or something like that. But where do you, were there any type of books that you read or, or, or was it just literally, um, a trial by fire sort of thing? Yeah, I think it was trial by fire for me. I mean, um, I mean, if you ever talk to Ashley or Eric or Daniel, I'm sure there's been instances where I, I've totally screwed up as a leader where, um, you know, I just, I wasn't good at explaining things or, or I just kind of blew them off or I didn't listen to their input for sure. So there's, I've made lots of mistakes for sure. But, um, but you know, you learn from your mistakes and you just start to, um, understand that, you know, working with people is, um, is something that just, you know, you just, you just need to practice more and more. And I think I've gotten a little better at it. Mm Um, and then, and then just working with other departments, um, you know, everybody has their own agenda and everybody has things that are important to them. And, um, you just have to respect that. But at the same time, you have, there's times when you have to fight for what you believe in. And, um, you know, if there's, you know, if there's somebody from, a um, um, let's say a marketing department who feels like, you know, whatever they, whatever they, um, are asking for is, is, is the most important thing in the world. And it's, and, and you kind of step back and, um, you, you see everything else that's going on in organization and, and, and you have, you have to have the, uh, the guts to tell them like, Hey, you know, I, I know this is really important to you, but you know, we, if we look at the big picture, there's all this stuff, other stuff going on. So, you know, we're not going to be able to do that, um, in the time that you want. Um, but we'll get to it when things calm down a little bit. So, you know, you just have to you just have to um, kind of explain to people in a nice way. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it gets a little little crazy. But mm-hmm. I think uh, for the most part, um, everyone's very cordial over here and understanding. Well, it, it just it seems like that in our careers, especially as a designer and design being a, a communicative um uh, profession and uh, and kind of having a business objective that we we have to be comfortable having uncomfortable conversations in the yeah long definitely yeah definitely um, um, there's times when you just have to you know deal with difficult people and try to um, deal with them in the best way possible but you know it's not always it's not always perfect I mean a lot of people tell me like oh you must have the dream job because uh, you work for a baseball team but um, you know, those of us who work in sports know that, um, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to work at a, inside of a baseball stadium and that's where your office is. But, you know, you deal with the same, same stuff that you deal with at, at, at any other job. You deal with, um, office politics, you deal with, uh, crazy deadlines, you deal with stuff that, um, gets dropped on your, on your lap at, at the last minute. And, um, it is, you know, ultimately yeah. it, it it's a job. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you and I actually had a, a phone conversation about this um, a while ago, just ca- about the current state of the sports design industry and how um, some of the roles uh, there's a, there's a divisiveness uh, I think present um, online and some of these younger people and you, and again, like you mentioned it earlier, right? You were young and idealistic at one time and you thought we're going to make super cool stuff all the time. Uh, but one thing that we discussed is, is design's role in professional sports organizations and how it's not necessarily 
to be an artist, but it always has a business objective, right? I mean, that's what graphic design is. That's why you get hired. No one's hiring you to make cool art. And I think that there's times where you guys have done a really good job of finding that happy medium and pushing through some creative objectives, such as uh, the poster series that you guys art directed recently with uh, designers that are from the Braves market. Those are awesome. Uh, but I've also heard you express uh, experiencing joy and in simply increasing sweet sales or ticket sales or something like this. So I was curious if you could kind of touch on that and maybe shed some light on that real behind the scenes role of a creative professional in the sports world versus what maybe some of these young people think that is going to be just making these really cool hero images all the time and doing whatever you want in Photoshop and that type of thing. Well, so, um, you know, the creative department in, um, over here is under the um, leadership of, uh, our VP of marketing. So we're kind of under the umbrella of marketing. So, um, we're kind of looked at as one of the ways to generate revenue for the team through, through selling tickets and selling, um, um, you know, getting people into the ballpark. So, so, um, a lot of the stuff that we actually do is, um, is, is for marketing. So we call that marketing creative. So, you know, every once a week we get together with the marketing team and we go through the list of all the, all the, um, ads that we have to create for them. And, um, and you know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not portfolio pieces that you would end up putting in there. Cause it's just, you look at it and it's just like, it's a picture of a bobblehead and it's, yeah, uh, um, there's going to be, know, it's, it's a date. It's going to be 75 versions of a JPEG. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a headline, there's a URL and it's just, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, very transactional. Right. But, but it's stuff that has to get done. And, and as a designer, you do the best you can with, uh, um, with what you got and try to make it look as good as you can and communicate the, um, the message, right? So you want people to, you want uh, people to see it. You want people to understand that if you come on this date, you'll get a bobblehead of your favorite player and you'll see the Braves play, um, you know, the Cubs or the Reds or whatever. Um, so, so, um, you know, that's, that's, I would say that's about 60% of our, our, of our job, but, um, but, but every now and then we get to do something that's unique and different. And, um, and, you know, recently I've been working a lot with our, um, uh, premium sales team because, um, that's a, that's a really big part of our business is, uh, the season ticket, um, sales. So, um, it's been, I've been, you know, I've, our teams, the creative team's been working with them and trying to elevate the, uh, the look and feel of everything that they put out. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been trying to make it look more high end and make it feel more like a luxury, um, um, brand, right? So, so because you think about the amount of money that that um, that people spend on on season tickets, I mean, it's you know you're you're competing for their um, for their dollars um, um, against a lot of things. So you want to make sure that it 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 has a certain look and feel. So um, so we're doing that. And it's been kind of cool to see um, some of the numbers when when. Um, when you do something that looks a lot better than what was done previously and you're like, wow, that's, that's really cool that, that you were able to, to help, help the, help them, um, kind of 
create a brand and elevate the brand and make it look a lot better. That's cool, man. So I want to, I want to shift paths here as we start to close out. I think recently for anyone that follows you on Twitter, they've noticed that you have been doing a lot of illustration work. Uh, I, I assume that's on the iPad. Um, and sometimes I think it's tough for us more seasoned creative professionals who may have mastered a certain piece of design, like, you know, in your, in your instance, you went through environmental design and, and probably, you know, probably towards, um, your jump towards the Braves, you were, you had become a master in understanding that, that world, if not, you know, very close to it. Um, but it's tough for people to kind of jump into challenges and learn, uh, because of the learning curves and realizing that when we jump into those new challenges, it, our work may not be as good, at least in our own eyes as we adjust, but I always do find it interesting when people do take a plunge anyway. Um, and I, you, you know, I'm not saying that your work is that that illustration work is bad. It's awesome. In fact, but, but you've been very publicly sort of humble, I think about pursuing a new art form. So I'm curious if you could kind of speak to this and shed some advice on the mentality of continuing education and growing as a creative professional and experimentation and the like. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you're really kind to say that I've mastered this. I, I feel very far from it. I feel like I'm always, um, um, you know, trying to learn new things and trying to get better and better, um, in, in, as a creative director or just as a designer. But, um, one of the things that I really, um, missed, um, when I was in art school was just drawing and, um, you know, taking a, um, taking a pen or a pencil and just sketching. And, um, you know, I, I got an iPad a couple years back and I got the pencil and I was just kind of noodling around with it. And then I started to see some just really great illustrations on, um, you know, like an ESPN magazine or, you know, like stuff that Rob, Rob Zilla is doing and, and some, there's some really awesome illustrators out there. So I was, I was inspired by that. So I started to, um, play around with, um, illustrating on, um, um, on the iPad and, and working in, um, Adobe draw and, and, um, you know, just experimenting and see what uh, what um, what I can come up with, and it was just uh, it was just a nice break from um, you know just uh, sitting in in Photoshop and and you know messing with ads and things like that. So I just needed a kind of a break to and do something different and and do something more tactile, I guess. So um, yeah, I started messing around with that and just started drawing um, some of our players, uh, and we actually. You know, we started to use them in some of our social posts and um, in some of our covers. And um, and I just I just love illustrations. And to me, there's just a, such a cool way to to be able to um, um, to bring something different and have a um, kind of tell a story. Um, and um, I, I love hiring illustrators. Um, uh, you know, I've, I got to work with Rob Zilla, um, also work with, uh, Kev Roche in South Carolina, who does the, um, those amazing illustrations for Sunday night baseball. So, um, you know, it, like illustrators just bring so much to the table because they can, they can show something about a player that, um, um, that you don't see that you, that you just don't see in a photograph sometimes. So, um, it's just kind of cool to be able to do that. So, so I, so I, I, I mess around with it and, um, you know, sometimes I can get hyper realistic or, or recently I've been just been, um, I'm trying to make it look more like more loose and more abstract. And, um, I don't know, it just kind of goes back to my passion for, I guess that, that first 
drawing class that I that I signed up for um, over the mail where I was drawing a teddy bear, I guess, where, you know, you just uh, go back to the, uh, where you started with um, sketching stuff out and and um, kind of having fun with it and experimenting and um, seeing, seeing what you come up with. Well, it's it's kind of interesting because what you, really what you've done in a way is take basically a, a, a side project or a side passion and, and work on it outside of of your day-to-day work and it's it's be, it's incorporated now into your day-to-day life or as you know as far as you're saying that they use the illustrations and all that but i think even another thing it's kind of funny if you think about the the cycle of a creative um career is everybody starts off they're drawing they want to they want to go do something and they find out oh you can't really make any money just drawing pictures so then they go like i'm going to do graphic design they go do graphic design they go into an agency or or in-house at a company or whatever go through their career become an art director then become a creative director and creative directors are you know managing the business side of things and hiring people and maybe maybe sometimes you're sitting down and doing a little bit of ex- execution here and there but but you're obviously um um, in most instances are going to kind of become a little bit of a, of a, of a manager of creatives and have them do the work. And it seems like when you, a lot of people get to that point, they go back home and start experimenting with drawing and everything again. It's like this big circle. It's funny. Cause I've heard yeah, the other stories of yeah. creative directors going home and they're like, well, I really enjoy painting. So I'm, I've been painting in my garage at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's totally true, man. Because yeah, you get to a, a certain point and, and you're not even designing anymore. You're just managing people, right. And budgets and, and going to meetings and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, I just want to, I was like, what, what have I done to myself? So yeah. you just, <laughs> just, you're just looking for any way to, uh, you're like looking for any creative outlet. So whether it's, it's painting or drawing or, or, or making something with your hands. So, uh, I think that's, I think that's where, that's where that comes from for me for, um, and it's, and it's, it's really cool to be able to just sit on the couch, uh, while, uh, while I'm watching a Braves game and, uh, just grab the iPad and just, uh, sketch something out. And, um, and it's been kind of rewarding to be able to kind of, you know, post it and share it and, you know, people, some people like it and, you know, it's, it's just been kind of cool. And then every now and then, uh, one of the players I draw will, will like, will comment on it or say, Oh, that's kind of cool. So yeah. it's been, it's been interesting. And then, um, and then, um, th- recently this year I started, um, kind of messing around with animation. So, you know, I just, I've been taking apart some of the, uh, short little video clips that we have and then taking it apart like frame by frame and then sitting down and actually drawing each frame, which is, which is, like just crazy to me, like how much work is involved. So after I did one, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have a whole level of respect for animators everywhere. Cause the amount of work that they have to do for that. But, um, so are you doing that in after of, effects or is there like an iPad program or something that you're, man, I I'm just drawing each frame on my iPad and then exporting it into, um, into Photoshop. And you know how Photoshop has that timeline. Oh feature? yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'm making, putting each frame into, uh, that I've drawn into the timeline and then it's just kind of makes a simple little animation. It's, it's similar to the old trick of, um, you know, where you draw your little stick figure on your, on the corner of your book. And then, you know, you flip, flip each page and it makes that yeah. at little animation that you used to make when you were a kid. Same, yeah. same idea, except on a, on a computer. Yeah. No doubt, man. Well, I'm curious um, if you've if you've given any thought. I know you're messing with animation a little bit, but what what is the uh, 
what's the next big challenge you think you're you're going to pursue you know what's 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 your future look like not necessarily from a job perspective um but from a kind of a personal creative development perspective is it is animation the thing or do you have some other things you've been thinking about pursuing you know i've uh i started um trying to learn after effects and i think i'm like i know the basics but i think that's something that i um uh, motion graphics is something that I want to get more and more into. Um, yeah, but, but man, it's like, it's like anything. It's just, uh, if you had the time to do it and learn it, that'd be amazing, but it's just the lack of time. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to do it, but I, but I, I have a team over here that that's really good at it. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably defer to them, but, but, um, I mean, that's, Motion graphic is something that I've I, I really want to learn and 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 try to make some cool stuff, whether it's personal or whether it's for for um, for the Braves. Um, so that's one thing that I want to pursue. Um, and then I, yeah, I just want to continue to do illustrations and drawings and just you know I'm always so inspired by the stuff I see um, on um, you know on Instagram and or on um, Dribble and 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 everywhere else. So that's cool. That's cool. Well, Insung, man, I, I really appreciate you coming aboard the podcast. I, uh, I I value your friendship, your expertise, and and even your creative direction in in my own work, uh, as well as your input in the sports marketing arena. So why don't you just leave listeners with where they can reach out to you online if they have questions, they just want to connect or even view your work. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, my uh, handle is Izero. Is um, it's I Z Z R O. Um, and, um, the story behind that is, uh, um, I played in an adult, uh, baseball team or an adult baseball league. And, um, I was the only Asian, Asian guy on the team. And so nobody could pronounce my name. So they're like, Hey, uh, you remind me of Ichiro. So they they just said, (laughs) we'll just call you Izero. So that was, that's the the story behind that. Well, you've been uh, able to, uh, uh, secure those usernames. Do you need to get the domain, man? Do you have, do you have the domain? That's a great idea. I've yeah. not checked that, checked into that, but I, I <laughs> that's going to be my next step as soon as we uh, get off here. Awesome. Yeah, definitely get it uh, before people listen to this. <laughs> cool. All yeah, right. it's, uh, it, it's been, it's been awesome talking to you, man. It's, uh, it's really cool. And, uh, um, I definitely, uh, value, uh, our friendship and, um, and, you know, I love this podcast. I'm a huge fan. And, um, um, yeah. So if you ever, if, for any listeners out there, if you guys ever have any questions or want to reach out, just hit me up and I'll, uh, respond to you as uh, best I can. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, man. So there you have it. That's my boy in Kim of the Atlanta Braves. As he mentioned, you can follow him on Twitter at I Z Z I R O. And that is the same on Instagram. He's a great guy veteran of the sports design game and definitely a worthy follow my next guests are going to be amy and jennifer hood of hoodspa design the hood sisters founded a southern california design studio together and have worked with the likes of 20th century fox facebook and more they are avid sports fans and they are actually from kentucky maybe we're kin this particular interview is pre-recorded as a dual interview 
from MLC Connect 2019. I uh, actually interviewed them after their talk, and I co-hosted with Baylor University video professional and host of Sports Creative Podcast, Jay Hicks. Hoodspud Design can be found on Twitter at Hoodspud Design, that is H-O-O-D-Z-P-A-H, Design, on, and that is on Twitter and on Instagram. And then Jay, the co-host of that episode and the host of Sports Creative Podcast, can be found at Jay F. Hicks, H-I-C-K-S. Past Makers of Sport episodes can be found in Apple Podcasts, and you can get there by going to makersofsport.com slash iTunes, or you can find the podcast on SoundCloud or the website makersofsport.com. If you enjoy the content coming from the Makers of Sport brand and are interested in supporting the podcast, you can do so by joining the paid member community at makersofsport.com slash community. In exchange for your fiscal support, you'll have access to additional and ever-changing content such as private Q&As with future former and special guests, monthly video hangouts, as well as interact, share private feedback, and build relationships with like-minded professionals in the live chat. Additionally, taking one to two minutes and heading over to makersofsport.com slash iTunes, clicking the five star, and writing about your positive experience with the show helps others like yourself discover the podcast and the value it brings educationally to people wanting to work on the creative side of the sports business. I'll accept likes or ratings on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or whichever podcast application you enjoy listening in. I'm at T. Adam Martin on social. The show is at Makers of Sport. Until next time, have a good week.